What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Adjacent. You're listening to the Sports Adjacent. Okay, I like that. I just learned something new today. Adjacent. With Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey on the House of L Network. We're doing everything I dreamed of as an adjacent. It's procrastinating to make a decision. It's just like putting something off and putting something off. And I I do this about everything. I either don't want to have to do the work of figuring out whatever this is, whatever it happens to be at the time, buying a new car, redecorating the house, buying a new lawnmower, or which, you know, applies to all this all of those things. I'd like drag my feet about spending the money. Even though I know I'm gonna have to, I just don't want to do it. I, like right now, I got to get a new phone. Have to get a new phone. This phone is uh, older than my sometimes career. This phone is an iPhone. I don't know what a, whatever it is, but it's from like twenty. How many? Wait, wait, I can tell you how how many cameras do you have? One. Uh, how many things on the back? It looks like two. Wait, no. Do you have a, one camera and one like light to? It looks like there's two uh, lenses and a light, maybe. Ugh, it's still horizontal. Poverty. Get out of here, Jason. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I need a new iPhone because I've had yeah. this one for five years. And I think most people keep the two. But I just, I, I try to stretch it as long as I can for one because I'm cheap. And I will eventually spend the money to get a good phone. But if I can put that off as long as possible and squeeze out an extra year or whatever for it. And I've already done more than that. So, like, the phone is full. I, anytime I ever want to use it for anything, I have to like find some things to delete, find some videos to delete or delete some apps. And the battery is broken too. So this thing, like I wake up and within 45 minutes, I'm on like 42%. 
already. Dog. So this thing needs to be plugged Dog. in all the time, all the time. And but a new phone's gonna cost me like I don't know thirteen hundred bucks, fifteen hundred bucks, something like that. And I know I got to do it. It's inevitable. I am going to do it at some point soon. Whoa. But I just can't get myself to do it. You not like that about anything? Uh, at this point in my life, no. Like, if I need a new phone, I'm gonna just go get a new phone, bro. But I you like have it. it's 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 different for you. Like, you're a dad, you're a husband, and like if something breaks around the house, you would much rather use that fifteen hundred bucks on the thing that breaks as opposed to your phone. I can just say, eh, I'm gonna spend something on me. I love how you're giving me the the uh, benefit of the doubt, but it's really just, it's not true. It's not an issue of whether or not I have the money for it. Like I have the money for it. I just <laughs> don't want to do it. I don't want to part with that money. But if it just sits in your pocket or bank account, what, what is it? What good is it doing you? Oh, you I work so hard. No, I look no. at it and love it. And you work so hard for that money. Pretend I'm going to use it for something fun. <laughs> Which, and then it ends up being like plumbing or something. It's always just buying something you already have. Yeah. Um, hey, y'all, y'all watch Swamp People? We watch Swamp what? People? Yeah, do y'all watch Swamp People? Is I that still know. on? Is that that's where yeah, the, uh, the Gators is still yeah. on? Wow. Yeah. Yes. I do. In fact, my wife is uh, from Louisiana and uh, some of parts of that show remind me of family get togethers, to be honest. <laughs> No, so there was one dude on the show. He was, he, I was watching him the other day. He had him and his son was on the boat, and his son was like telling them about, like, you know, this progressive world of like banking, right? And he was like, Yeah, no, I don't put my money in a bank. That's that's crazy. I don't trust no damn bank. He's like, Dad, what do you do with your money, right? He's like, What? My money? He pulls out his wallet and pulls out like seven grand, just counts it out. So I keep it right here in the back in the back pocket. But the holy beat up jeans, so I keep it right here in my wallet. I, and I sleep with these jeans on. I know what's going on. I'm not putting my money in no bank. What if somebody robs it? He's like, what? If somebody robs the bank? Like, yeah, he's like, they're not going to get my money. He's like, how you know it's not going to be your money? I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think they uh, heard of FDIC at the swamp. Nah, they don't know nothing about no federal <laughs> like Russ, they're also if you if you notice from his story, they're also if he sleeps in those jeans. Yeah, there's that. He's, wear, he's wearing his Bayou jeans in his bed. That's great, man. His blood yeah. covered alligator. His alligator blood covered jeans. Yeah, his we swamp talked water about it last week with the you can't wear the outside clothes onto the bed because it's no. nasty. No. See, Herb understands. Herb, last week I was saying that I had a, a guest come to the, the apartment and okay. she tried to sit on my bed yeah, no. but she, in outside clothes. And not just outside clothes, she had taken the L to come see me. Yeah, and no. I'm like, definitely not. No, ma'am. See? No. There, there are rules in the bed and your clothes is outside of those rules. See? <laughs> And I accused Russ of having that be one of his moves. Welcome to Sports Jason. I'm Jason Leisure with Russ Dorsey. That voice you're hearing that you've heard before is Herb Howard from It's the Bigs joining us as guest co-host today. Very happy to have you back, Herb. Thank you. Absolute pleasure. Appreciate y'all for having me. And we got Tony Gill on the uh, on the boards. Tony, you are a longtime admirer from afar of Herb Howard, are you not? I am. I am. You know, you guys know I rock with uh, Gene and Terrence uh, for a long time. And anybody that they bring in to their fold is uh, people that I trust because I trust Eugene and 
Terrence and their decision making. So, uh, yeah, just watching Herb and listening to Herb do his thing up in uh, up at Dallas. Uh, you're doing us proud, my guy. No, nah, Russ, I appreciate it, man. I've been a fan of your work for 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 longer than you've been a fan of mine for sure, right? Oh, mine too, uh, so Tony. Hill? Russ or Tony? You said Russ. You just. <laughs> I said Russ. Yeah. Did you just mix them up? He did. He uh, did. You know, all black people look alike. Wow. I was about to say all black people look Wow. Tony, I've been a fan of your work. We're not so polite to let that slide. We're gonna we're gonna get you for that. Okay, Russ is Russ is the one with more hair, and Tony is the one who keeps his hair, you know, cut a little more a little closer. Okay. You know, Does that help? Tony's got the green sweatshirt that says free smoke. And Russ is wearing the one that says, what does that say? Viking baseball or something? It does. Yeah. yeah. Can you keep them straight, Herb? I'll, I'll do my best. But but Tony, fan of your work for a long time. Good to meet you. For real. Yeah, yeah. Actually meet you. You know what I mean? <laughs> as, as you guys, the listeners know, Herb was on when Tony was on his sabbatical. Yes. Uh, his PTO that we did not. Uh, approve upon his arrival at Sports Adjacent. You guys keep but, calling it PTO. I was still working. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, just half as much for the ish. Day. <laughs> right, half, right. Hey guys, here's here's like this is the opposite of what happens in in our business, Russ. They're always like, hey, here's something new you can do. Here's something. Do a podcast. Do this. Do this. Do TV appearances. You can do all this. And you're like, oh, for more money. And they're like, no, 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 no. For the same, same money. <laughs> Tony's like, hey, Tony comes at us with the opposite scheme of how about I do half the work but same money. This is this is actually the easier part, like talking and, and talking shop with you guys and having fun. That's the easy part. The harder part of the job is actually editing. So I, I focused and did the harder part of the job versus the, the harder part. part of the job is me writing these checks every month, Tony. If we can keep it a buck, Tony, you understand that both parts of the job are supposed to be equally difficult, right? The only reason really? that this is so easy for you mm-hmm. is because you don't prepare at all. Oh yeah, that's you 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 do nothing. Like you don't actually produce. You don't plan the show. You don't plan segments. I do all of that. Russ does all of that. Mm-hmm. Yes, you do a very good job. Uh, you, when I send you, when I send you something, mm-hmm. I, I, when you do these reading segments, for example, mm-hmm. here, guess what, everybody? You can peek behind the curtain of these great reading segments that Tony's so proud of. I pick all of them, mm-hmm. every single one. Mm-hmm. Tony never selects any of it. That's right. I find it. I send it to him an email, and he practices it all day to make sure. It, no, he doesn't practice it at all. The first time that he reads it is he right before he's got to do it. it. He's just he's shocked. That I've called on. Hey, can you read the uh, whatever the Tim Anderson quote that I, I sent you today? And Tony's just like fumbling through his phone. Oh shoot! You know, right as the music's playing, getting ready to read it. And then, and then, you know, Tony, like at least half the time, does not. Let's just say doesn't read it as well as he reads his NBC Sports promos. Is that fair, Tony? Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, somehow <laughs> that's not I, I honestly think we should just start writing half the checks. <laughs> Until he turns it around, that that would be for, for, yeah. for Miss Reedy. You know what we need? No, for not doing any work. What if what if what if I couldn't read? Or what if I read at like a fourth grade level? Then you'd be talking about so a person he, that can't read. At thirty, at, at 30 years don't. old, if you can't read at thirty, about. I don't really know what to tell you, brother. Where, what are you even throwing out there? What if I read at a fourth grade level? You're no, he said, what if, first, wait, wait, it's first, what if I can't read at all? What if reading was a challenge for me and I didn't want yeah, to read it to not, my friends? Not. Tony, what if I didn't have a voice? How would I do a podcast? <laughs> yeah, that'd be really hard, but that's not the case. <laughs> yeah, if that was the case. What are you talking about you guys if you ever didn't to me? read? Have you guys ever asked me if I could read adequately? Why would I ask you that? Hey, you know. Wait, what? <laughs> 
<laughs> Why would I ask you that? Tony, you think you have fooled the score, NBC Sports Chicago, us, your friends that you love and care about, Revis High School. Robert Morris. Everybody. That no longer exists. <laughs> Robert Morris does still exist. No, it doesn't. Not, not the one in Chicago. <laughs> the school baby. still exists. <laughs> the Illinois Media School. Like, you've just fooled everybody. Hey, man. It's all a sham. It's all a big sham. What do what they call those uh, actors? I'm an actor. Hey, you're a scammer. Actors not read, us out of our read scripts. To be honest, how often do you actually see anybody read? Like, actually see them read? You can assume because they're point. of the job they do. You assume that they can't. No, it's not a good point. It's not a good point. Actually someone read. Herb speaking facts. No, Herb's just... Tony, you, ha- you have a job where you have to read things. I'm trying to... How often do I read? Tony, you literally do reads at NBC Sports Chicago. You're not freestyling those like Hove on the mic. Like you're, <laughs> I mean, you're, you're reading those off of a sheet of paper or off a computer. Look, no, I could just have like a, you know, remember when Nick Cannon on Drumline where they were like, oh man, how's he doing all this amazing stuff? Like, oh, he can't read the music. <laughs> Wait a minute. Tony, that's a terrible, that's a terrible because he, he lied. He remembered the he sounds. He couldn't read music. He remembered, he couldn't read music. He remembered the sounds and, could, no. and, and and he saw the patterns and then could do the job. Maybe Tony, he was freestyling. No, that wasn't even the sheet music. No, no, he saw no no no. In drumline, Nick Cannon would watch somebody do he was like, No, no, you do it first. He would watch them do the beat, then he would uh, remember the beat exactly and then replicate it. That's how he was able to survive as long as he did until he got found out that he couldn't read the music. That's what happened. That, yeah, but, that could be me. Yeah, but he, I can no, have a beautiful but mind. Not, he was, no, he was a savant. You, you were Tony. How would that work in the world of reading? Anyway, Sports Adjacent and this breakdown of Drumline and Nick Cannon's performance in it is brought Great to you movie, by, by the way. I can, I can, uh, that's one of those movies I could go word for word from beginning to end. It's brought to you by Sheets and Giggles, not the movie, but our breakdown of it. Uh, you can go to sheetsgiggles.com slash SA and get $23 off your order of great bedding over there. Sheets, comforters, duvets, throw blankets. No promo code needed if you go to our link, sheetsgiggles.com slash SA. They've got the sheet set. They've got all this great stuff, and it's perfect for this time of year. It's so good for summer when it's hot. These sheets are very breathable, very soft. Sheetsgiggles.com slash SA. You go to our landing page, you'll get $23 off your order. Herb, one way that Russ, one thing Russ and I have discussed as far as a method of getting hmm, better performance out of Tony, better effort, is okay. uh, we do have the phone number of his fiance. We could have a direct line into her. And I know, I know we would see instant results if we went that route. But I'm concerned that that might be dirty of us. Yeah, I think that's a little below the belt. I don't think y'all should. I don't think y'all should take that route. Well, we've tried in, in our defense. We've tried twelve other things in the past year plus. Russ, well, here's my thing. The one thing we haven't tried before that is like hitting his pockets. Because I feel like if we deduct money from the check each month, then he's gonna get his attention. Like, look at uh, the, the the owners in the NFL, right? Mm-hmm. Everything else that Dan Snyder had been doing, eh, you know, we, you know, we'll just see how the, the, the investigation plays out. You know what I mean? You start hitting those pockets, and it's like uh, we're, we're counting votes because this is a, we've had enough. Have you so all tried an IEP? Have we tried a what? An IEP, an, an individual education plan. 
for like, like for, he's having school for diverse learners. <laughs> we, just, we, just established, we just established that he's not that strong of a student mm-hmm. reader. Mm-hmm. Perhaps That's you are gra- you all are grading him on the same scale as everyone else when he deserves an individual education plan under which he could produce at a sufficient level. So the IEP, Jason, I don't know if you if they you had heard of these prior, but like this is this is what they used to have for the bad kids in high, in high school or even uh, lower than that. And it was like a plan of attack to how to get them to like read books and stuff. But that wouldn't apply here. I don't think it doesn't. But I'm just I was just explaining for our listeners out there that might not have ever also, heard of IEP. Also, the, 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 the curriculum he's in here is producing a podcast and he has referred to himself as, quote, the littest producer in the game. Both things can be true. I don't. I don't know if it's necessarily true anymore, Tony. I I think you you haven't necessarily earned that title lately. Oh, what producer? What other producer is as lit as me? Tanny. He's not lit. He's great. There's a difference. (laughs) What is the difference? (laughs) Lit. You just. What's the difference between lit and great? Well, great is you know he he, Tanny's the goat, right? Chris Tannehill's the goat of audio everything. Um, so he's lit. That sounds pretty he's, lit to me. No, 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 no. It's it's it could be lit, but he's more great than anything. Lit is just a vibe that you bring, like an energy that you bring to the whole setting, to the group that entices everybody to contribute and have fun and laugh. Like it, it creates the environment for creative things to happen. That's what the litest producer is. Herb, you following this or no? Uh, I'm I'm trying real real hard to stay with tone on this one. Um, Thank you, Herb. No, nope, don't do it. I'm trying. <laughs> trying to like there's no, there's that's, it's like giving you, it's like you, it's, it's like okay, giving yourself, a, but it's like giving yourself a nickname. Yeah, and I was with him on a nickname. He can certainly be the litest producer, but he just heaps so much praise on Tanny that it's like it was kind right. of self defeating. However, I'm still with you, Tone. Don't worry about it. We gon' we gon' we gon' we gonna overcome. Yo. Nah, dog. Yeah, right there. You can't give your you can't give your own if I said Tony was the littest producer in Chicago sports media, that's one thing. But if he says it, now you look like a bag. <laughs> so you, you don't have any self proclamation. Other, people will, say, yeah, other people will say it for you. No, you let people talk about you. You let other people uh boast on man, your name. Man, if you don't say that say to yourself in the mirror every day. After you say your prayers, man, I'm going to attack this. I'm the littest to ever. I'm the GOAT. I'm the greatest to ever do this. Before you go out there on that field, Jason, before you go out there and ask your questions to whoever said Bears coaches, say, I am the littest reporter in this scrum right now. Nobody can do this job better than me. You, You don't say that to yourself every day? No, but Tony, you say it. You don't say it in the mirror. You say it on our show. Hey, that's how much I believe it. Also, also part of saying your affirmation is you, you actually have to follow through. Mm-hmm. Well, Russ, the thing is, I think he does it as other places work. When he used to work at the score, when now at NBC. Uh, is the score the panel? On, on, no, they exactly. were. But when they were, when he was there and on golf show, like, I, I think that he's, he, for some reason, this feels like something he can blow off. Mm. I, I'm a, I, Jason, you keep making it. I'm going to start blowing off sending these checks each month. Also, I don't know if you guys are taking into consideration. This show has been wildly successful, right? What if, if, I, if I did change, what would be the if, the impact on the show overall? Oh, how I don't know, Tony. Maybe I, we get better than we are right now. 
I mean, God forbid, people God wanted- forbid we improve on the level we're at right now and take, take it to another level. Oh, Tony. Man, oh, my goodness. Man, I can't even believe people, oh. people want to join the vibe of the show. People, people love the show. Herb, Herb came back. The show's pretty lit. Her come, her her come, her, her was on the show when you weren't here because you weren't you you just took a vacation. He didn't he didn't know I wasn't gonna be here, be there in that episode. He came on the show because he's my friend. And the show's lit. Two things can be true. You assume it's because of you. I like how your argument to Russ is like, hey Russ, you see how the show is going with uh two people trying? If three people were trying, it'd ruin it. Oh, yo, that would show a tank. Like, we'd get no listeners. Oh, we'd Nobody fall watch videos. Yeah. Too many clips in the sponsors. Jeez, man. Herb is uh, one of the many reporters covering the Bears, and we are in the absolute, like, uh, driest part of the year as far as covering yeah, the Bears. Bro. We're going to off-season practices where, uh, by rule, nothing can really happen. Herb, what... Tell the people what this is like covering OTAs and reporting on and interviewing people when nothing is happening right now. It's really, really difficult because you're kind of watching a hundred or so guys just kind of middle about a grassy area doing things that vaguely resemble football, even though half of them won't be here when they actually start playing football. And you're trying to find things that matter. People are like, hey, what are you looking for today? What? Nothing like I'm like, I'm just I'm just here because I should be and I'll create something to talk about it like but yeah, it's, it's really really bad today we stood around taking prop bets on things that won't ever happen I bet half a dozen reporters of beer that Darnell Mooney will catch 40 passes this year I mean not Darnell no, no not Darnell Mooney that would you want to lose that bet Daz Newsom he, he thinks Daz Newsom's gonna catch 40 balls in the regular season yeah Sidebar, not much. Daz Newsom follows me on Twitter. Shout out to Daz Newsom. He has good taste. He has good taste. Hey, I'm I'm on the hook for I'm on the hook for like thirty bucks if he doesn't catch forty balls. So I need him to come through. (laughs) Now I, I of course, took the under on that, and probably would have taken the under on half that. Um, Do Do I have to collect my reward in the form of you buying me a beer, or can I just take the cash? No, it's it's got to be. You know, same place, same time, sit down, clink beer. You know what I mean? Okay. All right. I might just rather have the eight bucks. I'm sure you would rather have the eight bucks. I'm certain of it. But, you know. <laughs> as, as we know, he likes to look at the money and not spend it, but look at right. it. Right, right, right. Well, I would really <laughs> like a beer right now, but I don't want to spend this eight bucks. I, I don't even want to take it out of my pocket. Eight dollars <laughs> could go towards my next iPhone five years from now. Uh, Russ was playing a game with me that the other night that only sports writers would play. Uh, he was reading guys on the Bears roster and seeing if I yes. had heard of them. And uh, largely the answer was no. Because as you said, there's like 90 guys here right now. And half, roughly half, two-thirds of these guys will not make the roster. I mean, really, like 40 of these guys are going to end up actually playing. It yeah. would come, come week one. Yeah. Um, do you think you would do well at that game? If I said, for example, uh, let's see here, Rice nope. and John, do you know who that is? He's the tight end, number 87. Andre Risen's son. You nailed it. Uh, you oh, did not nail it, Tone. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know what? Russ uh, Russ played a different game with me, too, that I want to play with you right now. Tony, hit the everything's fine button real quick. Everything's fine. 
Now it's time for a Chicago Bears segment we call... This is fine. I'm okay with the events that are unfolding currently. Everything's fine. That's okay. Things are going to be okay. We're at this weird stage right now where I can't tell if everything's fine in a serious way or in a sarcastic I don't know. And I don't think we're going to know for like a year. But the thing that Russ said to me, Herb, I guess you can tell us how fine everything, in fact, is. Uh, Russ told me that the Lions are better than the Bears. Ooh. Do you think that's – I can tell by your hesitation that might be true, in which case everything would can, definitely not can be Can I fine. explain my point first and then we let Herb go? Yes, please. All right, Herb, so the fellows that were at the house – watching basketball and during the break of one of the games before the second game came on, I said, the lions are a better team than the bears. Jason pushed back against that instantly. He was like, yeah, the bears will always win one against the lions. Just, just reflexively without right? any thought, just reflexively that there's no way that could ever be true. That can't I said, be true. That's I, said Jason, true. I said, Jason, the bears have one of the worst rosters in the NFL right now. And I said, and I can read you off the Lions roster right now, and just by the names alone, they have to beat the Bears twice. And so then I read the Lions roster, and he was like, eh, it's a pretty good, pretty good team. And then I read him off the Bears roster, and if you take away Justin Fields, Darnell Mooney, Roquan Smith, Cole Komet, maybe Travis Gibson, he may have heard of three dudes of the 90 I read off. <laughs> This is, by the way, a lit Friday night when you're a sports writer. This is right. this is me and Russ hanging out, and getting crazy. Yeah, right. Told, right. Told, we had the pizza, the, the 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 beverages flowing. It was a good night. But wow. like, Russ, made, yeah. Russ made a strong case that the Lions have uh, better players. Listen, the, the the Lions have had decent rosters before. I mean, let's just think about it. The Lions have a top five all time running back to their credit. Probably a top five all time wide receiver. Right. They've, they've, they've had guys before. They have guys now, but they won't win because they're the Lions. And I would always start this conversation at the quarterback position, and I take Justin Fields over Jerry Goff every day of the week. And, and who's and he throwing the ball to? I don't know any of those people. Yes, exactly. Yes, clearly. Because, because if I'm Jerry Goff, I'd much rather be throwing to Jamison Williams and Amon Ross St. Brown and the brothers they got up in Detroit as opposed yeah. to – our, our guy, Daz Newsom, friend of the show. The Bears, uh, Brown. the Bears have a St. Brown brother. Yeah, but they got the worst one. Shout out to the St. Browns. To <laughs> <laughs> the Browns, because their St. isn't in the name. Brown. Um, Equinemius is, is, is not the one that is the, yeah. uh, the star of the family. Uh, Amon Ra up in Detroit is. But it's, it's Byron Pringle, it's Equinemia St. Brown, it's uh, Daz Newsome and Darnell Mooney. Like, what are we doing here, Jason? Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree with you when you when you just run off those names, but they're still the Lions and there's just yeah. something that like, like you can't, there's no way they'd be the Bears twice or anybody else. In fact, everybody in the league, with the exception of maybe the Jaguars, is always like, yeah, we can beat the Lions. I'm taking y'all to dinner. Uh, Lions have a better record than the Bears this season. No chance. All right. Bet. Bet it up. Neither one of them can beat the Packers or the Vikings. So you got pretty much four losses for both of them right there. And then it just ha- comes down to what happens between them. And I don't think they beat the Bears. The, the Bears literally have the three of us, the four <laughs> of us, and Justin Fields on the roster right now. So, like, the Lions have dudes. They just okay. got Aiden Hutchinson. They got um, Hawkinson as their tight end. Like, that's a, a legitimate team. 
So I say the Bears. I mean, the Lions have a better record than the Bears. And if I if if I'm wrong, I will take all y'all to dinner. If I'm right, however, we have to figure out something. We'll take you to dinner. Let's get it. <laughs> yeah, isn't that Done. how it works? Yeah. Done. Tony, save your checks up. <laughs> I can't take any more NFC North talk. Please cut the segment. <laughs> Russ, we are a Chicago-based show, but we don't intend to be necessarily a Chicago show. We talk about stuff that happens in Chicago quite a bit because it's where we live and because it's usually front of mind. But sometimes what happens in Chicago is the, is the big national sports story. That's definitely the case this week with Tim Anderson, White Sox shortstop, getting into it with uh, Josh Donaldson. The short version of this story is that these guys have a lot of friction in their history. And Josh Donaldson has now twice taken it to a different level by calling Tim Anderson Jackie, as in Jackie Robinson. Uh, this uh, Josh Donaldson says this is in reference to a Sports Illustrated article from a few years ago where Tim Anderson said not that he was Jackie Robinson, but that he feels like Jackie Robinson sometimes, especially because he is, I believe he's the only black player on the White Sox right now and one of obviously very few black players in Major League Baseball. Um he did it again. Josh Donaldson did it again this past weekend when the Sox were playing the Yankees. Called him Jackie. These guys are not friends. So uh, it is odd that Josh Donaldson is referring back, calling back to an old Sports Illustrated article to joke around with someone who he is not friends with. Uh, Josh Donaldson got suspended for one game. For this, everybody's acknowledged this. This isn't like sources said he called him Jackie or something like that. Everyone's, but including Josh Donaldson, has been out in the open with this. Um, Tim Anderson hasn't really said much about this, Herb. He addressed it, but he hasn't really expounded upon this a lot. Not that he has to. Uh, not that it's his job to answer every time something like this happens. And he's often uh, the guy. He's he is a guy who has often been involved in situations like this where he has felt every bit of the minority that he is in baseball. What was your reaction, Herb, watching this story play out between these two guys? As it's kind of unfolded, um, for me, first, I wasn't – I'm not surprised. I'm never surprised that, you know, any acts of, of, of racism in America, intentional or otherwise, and just America has the history that it has. And I think that it's important that we acknowledge it. And I think some so many times we try to – you know, call it something else or sweep it under the rug or just forget about it. Or that was a long time ago. And it's present day stuff. It's stuff that happens here all the time. We saw what happened in Buffalo last week. And I mean, I think for me, more than the act, I was more, I guess I had a stronger reaction to how the general public and some of the talking heads reacted to it. And specifically, I watched uh, Stephen A. Smith and Marcus Spears discuss it. Uh, I think yesterday morning or the day before, something like that. And they were both very, very understanding and forgiving of Donaldson. And, you know, I don't think that he meant it that way. And I don't know the guy to call him racist or say he was being racist or anything like that, or he had any ill will behind it. And quite frankly, I don't know him either. Right. I don't know him either to say that he is a racist or anything like that. What I do know is that, Every time another subset of our culture is offended, intentional or otherwise, 
right? They stand on it. They call people out. They hold people accountable. And that person is um, expected to make amends for their wrongdoing or the harm that they cause, intentional or otherwise. You can't accidentally offend a member of the LGBTQ community. You're going to have to own up to that, right? But I think every time it's black people, it's like, Oh, we don't we don't want to play the race card. It's not nobody's playing nothing. This is America, right? Like what what about the history of this country would lend you to be so forgiving or 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 you know so beneficial in terms of the doubt to this dude? Like there's for what reason, right? Just say he offended Tim Anderson. Now, whether he meant to or not, whether he had any type of malice behind what he was saying or not, Tim Anderson was offended by it. So you come out, you say, hey. I understand what I said was wrong. It was misplaced. I didn't mean it that way. I apologize. I learned from it. I won't do it again. End of story. All this explaining it. You know, I heard it on an article and I thought he was cool with it. And we've done this before. Like we don't need to explain it. And black people certainly don't need to find themselves making excuses for it or finding a way to say, okay, it's okay. It's okay. Nobody else does that. Not the Jewish community, not the other, nobody, no other community accepts that when they find themselves offended they expect someone to make amends for it. And I think that it should be the same for us. And it, it's disappointing to me when specifically black people are like, ah, we need we, this, this, this one isn't that bad. We should let it go. Like what, somebody got a kneel on our neck for nine minutes in the middle of the street for it to be bad. Like, no, if we're offended, we're offended. Correct your behavior, apologize and move on. Herb is uh, correcting everything he just said. I think for me, a couple of things. One, I was more surprised that Donaldson admitted it after it came out what he said. One, then the 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 story that you give of oh this is an inside joke we've have. I don't have inside jokes with people I have beef with. I don't. I don't even. Do you very rarely even talk to people you have beef with? Yeah, who jokes around with people that they have friction with? And not only did they have beef, literally the week prior when the Yankees were in town, Josh Donaldson and Tim Anderson had beef. Pence is clear, yeah. the whole shebang. So to pretend like this is some, ah, oh, that's my man's, we always making this, that's ridiculous. The other part was, I think I'm with her. I was more disgusted by the fallout and, and everything that I saw publicly from people, where whether it was, Oh, Tim Anderson's race baiting or, you know, he's a fake tough guy or you shouldn't compare yourself to Jackie Robinson or one of the most disgusting things. No, not one of the most. The most disgusting thing was I saw a black man with a a big platform and I'm not going to give him the benefit of saying his name on my platform, but I saw him on his Twitter say Jackie Robinson dealt with real racism whatever Tim Anderson is doing is not that then proceeded to call Tim Anderson, a fake tough guy. It is words like that, that are so damaging to what we see in our country on a daily basis, because it, you as a black man saying that it gives people who fully racist have uh, some racism in them. Racist they might not be your full-blown racist. Racist adjacent. But they have racist adjacent, yes. Um, or have some of those ideologies that can now point to you and say, 
well, this is a black dude that agrees with us. Like he said, it's it's not racist, so it's not racist. Like, who are you to say that this is real racism, re- racism, and this is not right? So somebody has to call me the N word for it to be real racism. Somebody has to call me a jigaboo or whatever for it to be real racism. And it's so frustrating that you. This is your people. This is. You like people, you, you feel like you're somehow, you know, going to be loved more by uh, outside communities because you took this stance and it's disgusting. And I think the other part of it is where the following day you had some Yankees fans, and I won't say all, some, that after the context, after everything had come out, proceeded to chant Jackie at Tim Anderson when he was at the plate. And it's sad. It, it's it's sad, and I wish that people didn't try to tie them. You know, people were tying themselves in knots trying to defend what Josh Donaldson said. Russ, and def- def- I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, there's so many people. Aaron Boone, his uh, Josh Donaldson's manager, came out and said that wasn't the right thing. Aaron Judge came out and said that wasn't the right thing. And you even had Tim Anderson. Uh, on the day we've recorded on Tuesday say, look, I haven't talked to dude since 2019 after he's called me that the first time. And I said, we never have to speak. You don't have to speak to me. I don't have to yeah. speak to you. Tim Anderson's not going to do one of these peace summit press conferences with Josh Donaldson. Um, no. Doesn't this incident kind of prove kind of not, not, not that it needs to be proved necessarily, but doesn't this kind of isn't doesn't this incident serve as evidence to Tim Anderson saying that he feels Kind of like Jackie Robinson, Tim Anderson to me from out from the from afar as a guy that doesn't cover baseball, it seems like Major League Baseball wants to say that Tim Anderson is their black friend, but he's not actually welcome at this country club. Yeah, I I, I agree with that, and I think again for me, I, I I put that I put a lot of the onus on black people now. Obviously, they aren't creating this problem, but I'm talking about the response to it like just stay on code right we have we have issues that we're trying to address that we're trying to improve upon we're trying to you know be more liberated and all these things be less oppressed and every time there's something that rises there's this debate even amongst us about is this bad enough how bad does it have to be right like i don't have to be swinging from a tree to experience racism like i i just it, it really really bothers me our inability to stay on code when we see every other group in this country staying on code, even in the face of damning evidence that their side or a member of their side has done something egregious. Like, yeah, I know, but that's my man. So I'm just going to be quiet. Right. And it's like, I don't, I, I get it. I don't even blame him. Right. I, I get it. I don't care like what side of the line you are. It's like, okay, well he's, he's out of line, but nobody's going to come out and speak out about it because that's my team. And I get that. I get that. And to a certain degree, I respect it. It's disheartening when 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 black people are unable to do that in such such instances. Uh, Tim talked about it today about uh, Josh Donaldson's uh, referring to uh, him calling Tim Anderson then back in 2019. Uh, He said, I told him we never have to talk again. I won't speak to you. You won't speak to me if that's how you're going to refer to me. I knew he knew exactly what he was doing. So that was Tim Anderson's response to Donaldson saying he called him that in 2019. Um, 
this is just kind of goes to the traditional black American trope of um, if I don't think it hurts you, then it doesn't hurt you. Uh, mm-hmm. And that goes to a lot of different landscape. And one prime example that uh, that I'm constantly reminded uh, is uh, black women in hospitals. Uh, they're more likely to die, uh, even though we've made plenty of advances in, in the medicine field of childbirth, they're still the most likely in terms of per, uh, what, per... Um, yeah, we've got like birth, uh, like birth mortality rates for black right. in this country yeah. that are akin to like third world countries. Yeah, uh, and it's because traditional other cultures don't believe black women when they say that they're in pain or they are hurting. Um, if they don't see some extreme version of pain, then they don't believe a black person or a black woman in that example. Um, and this is just another case uh, of a black person, a black man saying, no, I'm not cool with this. And they're coming to their own decision saying, uh, it's fine. And, and it's like, what do you hear how it is? This is how it is for a lot of black people in majority of white spaces. We got to deal with a lot of crap. And you can't say too much because now you're loud. Now you're ignorant. Now you're causing issues for everybody else. So just because Tim Anderson didn't cause a riot the first time in a majority white space, that doesn't mean he was okay with it. And he obviously made a statement to Donaldson the first time he was called that um, saying, no, we don't have to do this. You don't say anything to me. I won't say anything to you. If that's how you're going to do, if that's how you're going to refer to me on this field, don't say anything to me because you obviously don't are out of your mind. You obviously don't know how to talk to people. So don't, we don't have to do this. And then Donaldson being the bag he is did it again and then tried to find an excuse for it. And then tried to find in his own brain, tried to find an excuse for it. All that to say, Tim Anderson, and it, it, it goes to what Jason just pointed out. He's doing that experience just in a modern time. He's he's not in a, uh, a majority black space. He has uh, had issues in, in what he's talked about in terms of how to be himself in a space that doesn't look like me. He's been in locker rooms where he's been the only black person He's been in a workspace where he's the only black person in there. So it's annoying when people just don't believe you. As much as you try to speak it, as much as you try to say how you're hurting or you're hurting me, when people don't believe you, it sucks. It it ruins your humanity. And it's like, I'm, I'm human just like you. Why don't you believe me when I say you're hurting me? And that's the most frustrating part about this whole situation to me. It's not their experience, Tony. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like how could they? I, I recall an incident, I don't know, a decade ago or something. I was at work. Me and one of the only other black guys who worked there were having a conversation about uh, racial profiling in the police department, right? And we're just having a conversation and a white woman, probably about 60, 65 at the time. Um, here's our conversation. And she goes, Herb and Tony, well, his name is Tony too. He's like, Herb and Tony, um, 
that just can't be true, right? You guys had to be doing something. They wouldn't just pull you over for no reason. And my initial response was to be upset. But, and I just got up and walked away. But as I was walking away, I was like, how could she know? Like, how could she reconcile this in her brain? There's nothing I could explain to her to say, hey, as a black man with a driver's license, registration, insurance, no illegal weapons, no illegal substances, nothing, right? But the police are behind me. I'm nervous, right? How could I, there's no way for me to impart that upon her. She can't possibly understand it. And so that's why, again, I, I, I tend to get, more upset about how black people respond to these things than how non-black people respond to these things, because how could you understand it? You know, I mean, even, even, even the most well-intentioned, you can see it and you can know that it's wrong, but there's no way you can understand what that feeling is like. And so it's like trying to, um, trying to explain that feeling to people is just like, nah, like I, I am hurting. I am hurting. They, they aren't going to get it. One of those things for me is like, after, George Floyd and Breonna Taylor in 2020 when everybody was and when I say everybody I'm talking about non-black people was crying everybody's like oh my goodness I didn't know it was so bad and everybody wanted to be listening and learning and all that and then in Major League Baseball you had players holding hands and they held some black rope on opening day and then never did it again and I remember talking to a handful of black baseball players that season and after oh, that and was just like yo what are, are do those conversations ring hollow to you and it's like yes because when you really want to have those conversations people are not trying to hear you and that's how you get situations like this where a player cannot even know I feel like Josh Donaldson knew what he was doing in that situation but I, I feel like even if he didn't how do you not know that that's not okay to say to an African-American player? See, Russ, I don't think it's that much of a reach. I think there are times where, especially as a, as a white male in the ultimate, like, privileged class in our country, there are times when I'm, I need it explained to me or I need some help getting, okay, why was this hurtful to somebody? And I want to know. I don't think this takes a lot of research. I don't, I don't think it's very hard to connect the dots between what Josh Donaldson you, you never actually know someone's intent in their heart, but I don't think it's much of a reach to hear what he said and be like, oh, yeah, I know that was instigating. That was racist. Yeah. To not know the racial undertones of that statement is just being ignorant to the facts and to everything that one Jack, Jackie Robinson fought for. Also, I, I just. The, the impact is way always greater than the intent. Yeah, I might not intend to hurt you, but once I've hurt you, I've hurt you. And so you like I think for me the response from people is like you you completely ignore the fact that I'm hurt to say then that they didn't mean it like that. You know, that's always the first thing that you you hear. My whole thing is There's no other reason to make a statement like that. None. Yeah. I mean, my whole thing is like, look, everybody most people would claim that they're a good person until it's time to be a good person. Hmm. That's, that's just my whole thing. Like if you claim to be a good person, then be a good person. What does a good person do in this situation? Do that. Trying to justify your actions 
when they hurt somebody. You know, one thing that I've learned in my relationship, sometimes intent doesn't really matter that much. Mm. Like it, it just doesn't. It took it me. It doesn't minute. excuse the impact, right? Like I, I had to learn that. That no matter where I thought, and again, this is putting a lot more on Josh Donaldson than I think he deserves. If his intent was to do it in jest, and then it was a bad reaction, his response tells me he is not a good person. Well, one, his history tells me he's not a good person, one. But if you want to isolate this example, he is not a good person because Tim had an issue with it. And his response was to fight back. Instead of saying, "Oh, I didn't know. I thought I thought we were cool, like for real on the field." That, that's that's my bad. I apologize. And then after in the post game, you say, "Hey, I was wrong in that aspect." You probably still getting suspended, but at least people know that. Hey, at least in the public space, you have have seemed contrite. But he didn't do any of that. His coaches in behind him, the other black players. Or the, we only saw, uh, heard from Aaron Judge in that aspect. It, it doesn't seem like he's behind him on that aspect. But yeah, where where are those conversations in that locker room? Why is Josh Donaldson, who's been a bag almost his whole career, how is he still continuing to get jobs? Again, he's he's good at baseball. He's still able to hit home runs. But how come nobody is discussing this with him? Like, why is he in his locker room? He is not a good person. Why is he here? So, you know, this will, this will keep Josh going. Donaldson, Josh Donaldson wants us to take into account context in this. He wants us to know, hey, this was something Tim Anderson said in a in a Sports Illustrated story years ago. That's to me. That's some uh, that's some telling context uh, on the negative side for him. It's like who who reads that article and kind of clocks that and is like, hey, I want to. I'm going to remember this one. I'm going to file this away, and uh, I'm going to think it's funny to call him. Jackie the next time. I mean, I, I can't imagine making that joke to somebody I knew and was friends with, let alone letting that rip to somebody I know doesn't like me and doing it a second time. Um, Tony, can you read, uh, and I don't want to do a reading segment on this, please. This is not the time for it, like with all the imaging and everything, but can you read the uh, what, what uh, Liam Hendricks of the White Sox said about this? So Liam Hendricks said uh, this on the Josh Donaldson situation. Usually you have inside jokes with people you get along with, not with people you don't get along with, get along at all. So that statement right there, complete bull bleep. In this clubhouse, we have Anderson's back and everything. And that was just a completely unacceptable thing. The Yankees are trying to whip it out as being an inside joke. No, that's horse bleep. I don't understand how Donaldson ever thought of it like that. It's just straight delusional. Herb, I don't think, like, you're right when you say that a, uh, a white person cannot fully grasp and empathize with the instances of racism that black people deal with every day. Mm-hmm. You know, great or small, whatever, however you want to categorize that. Sure. You, have to, you have to try, as a white person, you have to try to even begin to understand that. And you, and you should, especially if your colleagues are are black people. Like, you're, I mean, that should be very obvious to you. I'm sure, I don't know Josh Donaldson's history, but I'm sure he's played with black players. Like Tony said, he plays with at least one black teammate in Aaron Judge right now. I mean, 
you have to make an effort to do that. And I, and it, it's odd to me trying to look from Josh Donaldson's perspective that reading that Sports Illustrated story about Tim Anderson wouldn't enlighten him in some way to what that experience is like. And in general, like I can't really speak on uh, dealing with racism because I never have, but in general, I don't believe in comparison shopping on oppression and things that bother you mental health wise. Like if Tim Anderson is dealing with this kind of thing on even a semi-regular basis, that's a big deal. That's not one's real racism or one's real stress and one's not like this is legitimate stress in his world. I can't imagine that it would be a very fun experience and a very enjoyable and healthy experience going to work in this kind of environment every day. No, it can't, it can't be. But, you know, when you, when, when you say that, you know, Josh Donaldson has to understand that and has to work to be better. I would, I would say, I would ask, does he? Like, does he have to does he have to understand it? Does he have to work to do better? Because he is a white man in America. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, it's my house. I can do what I want. Right. That's that's what I've been taught. Right. I've been taught that I can do what I want here and largely without consequence, especially if the only person being harmed or offended is a black person. Right. And so I think that, like, there's no way for Tim to win. Right. And so part of me wants to say, OK, these things continue to happen because not enough people get punched in the mouth for it. Right. You get you get people popping off at the grocery store or popping off on the bus or whatever. And everybody either pulls out a phone and records it and they you know, try to make some emotional appeal to some sense of morality that that's never been shown towards us instead of just punching these people in the mouth. And so if half of me says punch them in the mouth. But then I also understand that if he says it on the field and then Tim Anderson hauls off and punches him in the mouth. Now, all we're doing is advancing the stereotype, right? Here's the angry black man, right? He's losing control. And if you don't punch him in the mouth and then you go into the media and say, hey, he said this to me, I'm offended by it. And then everybody's like, mm, offended by what? Calm down. Stop playing the race car. And then it, it's still you, you still end up kind of um, in reinforcing the negative behavior. Like one way or the other. And so it's like it's hard to find a win. And then it kind of just reinforces the bad behavior. And so for Josh Donaldson, if I've been a bag my whole life, nothing's ever happened to me. I'm still a, I'm still a millionaire baseball player. I still get to do what I want every day. Like, why, do, why I got to stop now? Well, here, here's where it could be affected, I think, Russ. Like, I as of Tuesday night, as of the time we're recording this, and maybe different things come out over the next couple of days, I haven't seen a real strong statement about any of this from the Yankees. I don't think that what Boone said or what judge said was really all that strong. I haven't seen that there are other players quoted saying anything uh, coming out against this. It's not on black people to get white people to treat them better. The white players in this lot, in this clubhouse and in this organization, all the way up to Brian Cashman uh, as the GM or president or whatever his title is, they have a place to say something about this. I think uh, you won, you're right. And I think as, as the three of us as black people, you do feel like you always have to be the one to explain. And you talk the exhausting nature that is where like, I have to tell you why this is wrong all the time. Didn't Tim like, Anderson look to you, Russ? Didn't Tim Anderson look to you exhausted talking yeah. about that? Especially Tuesday. By the time it was on day, what, three of the story? Like, didn't yeah. he look tired of talking about it? 
Yeah. I mean, that, that, he, most... he, a picture paints a thousand words. Like he, his face looked like exactly what you're describing right now. Sorry to interrupt. And, no, no, you're fine. And like, I, I think that is, it's, it's always something where I have to explain why this is wrong. I have to explain why I'm offended. I have to explain why you shouldn't say this to me or anybody else that looks like me. I have to explain my feelings. I have to explain, um, the, the history of this and you know after a while that's yeah like like Herb said like you feel like I'm just gonna punch people in the mouth now because clearly talking this out and trying to do go about it the right way you you're not hearing anything I'm saying or care um but yeah and it gets us in this bad thing but I think for me I've been so disappointed with you know there there are not a lot of people that get to do what we do. There's not a lot of black people that get to do what we do. And to hear black men not have the back of Tim Anderson has been maybe the most disappointing thing for me. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. I think basically our whole show today is going to be calling bullshit because we just did it on Josh Donaldson and uh, we could do it on Nick Saban and plenty of others, but let's do the actual bullshit segment. Tony hit the button. This is bullshit. Time to call out the world's hypocrisies with bullshit. High quality bullshit. World-class designer bullshit. To be sure. Bullshit. Presented by Sheets and Giggles. They just say whatever they think will interest the audience or make it appear that they know what they're talking about. And what comes out is bullshit. Russ, this has turned into one of my favorite segments, if not my favorite segment every week. Look, look you guys listen to the show. You guys listen to other radio shows, podcasts, etc. You know what this is. You know this is a sponsored segment. But it's actually good. Like, I actually love doing this and would want to keep doing this even if we change, but we're not going to change sheets and giggles sponsors. I call bullshit and you can go to sheetsgigglescom slash S a that's our landing page and get $23 off your order. You don't need a promo code. It puts it in automatically. If you go to that link, uh, you can get their sheet set perfect for summer because it's hundred percent eucalyptus, very soft, very breathable. Uh, you're not going to be, uh, you're not going to be sweating through the night in these sheets. Not at all. Russ actually was looking at their uh, website. They get great reviews. And everybody I know, including myself, that has gotten these sheets, loves them. Here's a review, a five-star review of Sheets and Giggles that I'm reading from Shelly R. It says, five stars. Thank you, Sheets and Giggles. My wife and I have been trying to get pregnant, so I bought your sheets to help with that. Thank you so much. (laughs) Not not the first thing I've heard along those lines, by the way. Listen, it's funny, but... Hey, it matters. If you're trying to get your freak on on some sheets that are soft, these are the sheets to do it. Tony, you Tony, don't Tony get those sheets. Tony, well, Tony, Tony, Tony <laughs> described Tony described that uh, experience with, when he sleeps alone in his sheets and giggles. 
I mean, what have I been saying this whole time about sheesh and giggles? All right. A lot of things. A lot of things, right? If, yeah. if, if look, I mean, it speaks for itself. If you try to get pregnant, you try to get her pregnant, get the sheets and giggles, man. Now they coming. Whoa. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, Tony. The set sheet uh, sounds phenomenal, though. I want that. The sheet set comes in 11 colors. And uh, another thing I like about this, Russ, like this is a small thing. This is a small thing, but it's a good thing. When anytime you're trying to put a fitted sheet on a mattress, it is such a pain. But these are extra deep. Go ahead, Tony. Yo. So very easy to get all the way on the mattress and they don't ride up on you like during the night or anything like that. Um, they got the, con- the comforter, the duvet, the duvet cover, the throw blanket. You can go on there, build your own bundle, all these great things. Sheetsgiggles.com slash S-A. Russ. Well, I was going to say, if you sleep in the buff, commando, yeah. uh, natural, uh, like Tony and also myself, yeah, you've mentioned um, this many, many times. Yes, uh, and Herb, Herb too. Yeah, yeah. Th- these are the sheets for you. Like Herb, I don't know if you're in the market, but use our promo code. These sheets, they they'll get you right. I'll ha- I'll have them by this weekend. Let's get it. I sleep in my underwear. I like that. I like to have just you know the Why? underwear. Not just that this, this is the way we're gonna sidebar. She, uh, she, uh, we're gonna sidebar this um, bullshit for a second because I want to know, yeah. like. Once you go, once you go drawsless, Jason, you're not yeah. going back. I promise you. Well, I have before, but there is an issue of like, I have kids. And when you're a parent, anything can happen in the night where you have to jump out of bed and go running because somebody's crying. So I got to have something on. Incorrect. I have, a, I have the answer for you. Incorrect. You keep you keep the shorts. You have shorts, sweats, joggers by the bed. Anna or Grace jump in and say, "Dad, I uh, something happened." Or no, there's no, a no, raccoon no. in the house. My, my kids don't come in my room. I got to run out of the room. But I can't. I'm not going to get jolted awake, Russ, at like 3 a.m. by some kid crying in another room and be like, "Well, let me think this through. I better put my shorts back on, and I better, you know, I'm just going running." <laughs> I don't want you to scar your children, but I think if you had some shorts by the bed, you can throw those joints on in like one second and be fine. Is your comfort less is your comfort less important than these hypothetical situations that you're building in your mind? It, yes. You don't want to, you, uh, or no, I guess. Like whatever. Exactly. I don't I don't I'm confused by the phrasing of your question, but I'm, yes. I'm saying your comfort is the most important thing and these situations and scenarios are made up in your mind. They're not even real yet. If if the trade-off is I wear you know some underwear to bed versus I go sprinting down the hallway to tend to one of my crying children you and all may of a when go I get sprinting there, down the hall. realize that I've got nothing on, then yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take the trade-off of wearing some underwear to bed. It's not guaranteed that you're going to be sprinting down the hall, though. It could always happen. See, you don't know about this life at all. <laughs> I don't. Russ, I, sleep, Russ, I, do, I, I, well. I do have a question. You live in a nice place. I do. Uh, with big windows. Do I don't, just, I, I've, never, I've never once closed the shade, Tony. I know. Nobody, I already can, know nobody can see, nobody can see you that nobody high up. See you, in the windows. You've, been, you've been to the house. Mm-hmm. You know how, how high up it is. For me, I'm very comfortable with my body. So, I've worked do, do very you, hard for this physique. Mm-hmm. And if we, you're we looking, exactly congrats. You your body. Congrats. <laughs> if you want to look at me from 45, 60 floors up, 
Enjoy. Welcome, welcome to my OnlyFans. Right? I'm not sure if that's quite the right. Just a heads up, Rush, but, Rush showing but, meat out here. He not showing feet. He's showing meat out here. Nobody can see in the window. A meat not feet. Hashtag meat not feet. Nobody can see in the windows of like a hotel or an apartment building that's forty stories high. Yeah, you got a telescope. Got some binoculars. Ooh, zoom you see in a lot of people walking around downtown Chicago on the sidewalks you, you, with a telescope you, you, tone. You'd be able to see it. Mm-hmm. You'd, be, you'd be able to see it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Russ, what would you like to call bullshit on besides uh, the things we've already covered, which is besides you wearing and my underwear choice? Yeah, uh, my dad texted me this morning like my. Bullshit is Josh Donaldson. So, Dad, we got it covered. We we took care of that one. <laughs> Hopefully, um, we do. We'll have to wait no. in here because because we will get his feedback. Her Russ's yes. parents are both on Twitter, and uh, they they usually are they very regularly let all of us know whatever they think, and they're generally fans, so most of it's positive, if not all. The problem I like, is, I like that. No, like it's, it it's, yeah. it's cool until it's not her because then Tony puts me in all these awkward positions on here talking about Russ, you know, when you're slinging meat out here and things like that. Mm. And my mama listens to this podcast yeah. at yeah. four in the morning. She just got done praying. She read her Bible at that time. And then she hear Tony talking about me slinging meat. It's not really the combination that I want. <laughs> but but you are you are here, though, Russ. You are alive. So there's that. It's neither here nor there. Me, my, <laughs> my bullshit this week is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, the Steelers have been without a GM all offseason, right? They mm-hmm. went through um, free agency. They went through the draft without a general manager. They had interviewed dozens of candidates. And today, they hired a GM, fellas. Mm-hmm. The problem is... They hired a guy that had been with the organization for 20 years already. That's right. Omar Khan. Omar Khan, their VP of football operations, had been, they hired him today. And it's like, bro, if you were just going to be hiring a brother that was down the hall, why do the runaround with two dozen, three dozen candidates bringing them in? Second, third interviews to just hire the brother that you had at the corner office say, hey, man, you want to be the GM? Cool. You're hired. Like, what are we doing? I'm calling bullshit on the Steelers. Russ, I remember when uh, the Bears were in their GM search and Omar Khan's name had come up. And I thought, well, this guy, this probably should be the guy. They should. This is probably the guy they should hire. If you look at his resume, I mean, he's a little like, you know, it's not all on the personnel side, some of its business side. But like the Steelers are one of the really good organizations, one of the really like functional, successful, uh, stable. Who the Bears think they are. Right. Bears think they yes. Are. Yes. Thank you. And uh, exactly right. Yes. Bears should have beat them last year. <laughs> uh, either way, that's that's beside the point. Herb. Um, <laughs> but I was thinking, like, why would this guy? Why would why wouldn't this guy get the job in Pittsburgh? He's been there twenty years. He's been twenty for two decades. He's been part of all of their success, all their stability, all, everything about them that the rest of the league envies. This guy's been like the right hand man, helping create all this. Like, why wouldn't why wouldn't they just hire him? And it took him five months, but eventually they did. Uh, I'm going to call bullshit on Patriots quarterback Mac Jones being in quote the best shape of his life. He already there. He, he just turned he's 23. Like 20. Yeah, he already there. Best shape of his life. <laughs> a, 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 I hate hearing this this time of year. 
some so and so is in the best shape of their life. But B, that's something somebody my age would say. Yeah. What's a twenty three year old doing walking around saying they're in the best shape of their life? I'm expecting Julio to say that or Odell Beckham to say that. Right. Right. He should be in the best shape of his life. He's a second year NFL pro. Like you should definitely be in the best shape of your life. Like when would you have been in better shape? Like high school? <laughs> he also, by the way, he weighs the same as he weighed last year. Usually, and that doesn't mean that it can't be like a better 217 than it was last year, but usually when someone says this, they've lost like 20 pounds. Mm-hmm. I, can, all right, can I shoot? Can I shoot Yeah, just, well, I need to too, also, by the way. Mac Jones yeah. is the one that said this. Kendrick Bourne, his teammate, said this, but oh. nobody should be talking about any 23 year old being in the best shape of their life. Is that what you were gonna say, Russ, or did you have some? No, other I was gonna say one. Uh, if if I wanted to make a good impression with my quarterback to possibly get you know more balls thrown my way, um, I would also say that my quarterback was in the best shape of his life. Two, I want to shoot Matt Jones and Bale because when I was twenty three years old, I also got to say I was in the best shape of my life because this didn't happen to Mac Jones. But when you lose over a hundred pounds. You are then in the best shape of your life. So I feel them, but also like, yeah, you at 23, you probably, especially if you're in the NFL, you should have been long in the best shape of your life. Herb, what do you call on bullshit on? I call bullshit on the NFL's minority head coach and general manager accelerator program. Really? Does that um, sound helpful. like some kind of sham to you? Yeah, it's just it's it's really? it even even just saying it is sounds. The name was too long. <laughs> just saying it like that's a lot of words. Yeah, that's like like no. Huh. And I, I I call that for for this reason. Again, it, it may be well intended. I think the Rooney the Rooney rule is well intended, but it doesn't really produce anything. And what it is is just more symbolism. And I'm I. I know we've been talking about this seemingly for an hour, but I'm just the symbolism doesn't work. Like, what are we going to do about it? Right. And it's not that hard. We overcomplicate these things. And when it's time to, like, look at, you know, unjust treatment of black people, it's like, oh, we got to do a study and we got to call in some scientists. We got to do this project. and We got to figure it. It's not that hard. Don't be a bag. Like, it's, it's not that hard. Compare my resume, compare his resume. If mine is better, like, Hire me. It's it's really not that complicated. But instead of actual change, we get symbolism and symbolism and symbolism. It's like it's like when they when when you get uh, a police officer killing an unarmed black person, everybody goes, "Hey, they need sensitivity training." No, they don't, because when a fully armed to the teeth white person guns down numerous people in a public space, they get apprehended unharmed. They don't need sensitivity training. You know how to arrest people without killing them. So it's not about that. It's a very, very simple thing. And it doesn't require some symposium in Atlanta or anything else. Call it what it is and adjust your behavior. Stop the symbolism. Doesn't matter about holding black ropes on opening day or having every black person you can sing the national anthem before every football game last year. Like nobody asked for that. We didn't ask for you to paint Black Lives Matter on the street. We didn't ask for that. Nobody cares. Right? Yeah, no, we didn't ask for Juneteenth to be a national holiday. Nobody's asking for any of that. Change the behavior. Hey, Herb, this is supposed to be a funny segment, man. I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
comical that they keep doing that. If that helps. <laughs> um. So I had three. Um, and I'm gonna run through them real you have quick. Three, yeah, you brought I, three. Yeah, I got pick your best one. Are any um, of these uh, are any of these evergreen and could work for you next week or the week after? Since uh, no, sometimes well, you I don't. Guess. Okay, all right, I go guess. ahead. No, just go ahead. Just all right, so spray bullshit all over. The one, what did, what is great value doing selling uh, Juneteenth plates and napkins and Duh, ice cream? Don't get me started. <laughs> you, you, got, you got on herb and now you go serious. It up what too. Is that? No, it's not serious. It's hilarious. It's like, what are we doing here? All right, that's one. Um, two, uh, I had time to sit on this. Uh, Zach Levine complaining that uh, one of his complaints about uh, last season was him not being the premier player. And it's like, that's funny uh, because you've never won anything in your life and now you're being picky on how you win. It's very funny. So bullshit on you. Um, <laughs> and finally, uh, Rich, the, the life of the rich and famous is mm-hmm. always confusing to me uh, because they forget how to do normal things. So I'm calling bullshit on the Kardashians, specifically Kendall Jenner, who attempted to cut a cucumber and reversed hands to cut the cucumber. It was the oddest looking thing I've ever seen in my life. And it's like, oh, they don't, they're not normal. They don't do things. They don't do things ever. So I don't, she, she knew she couldn't cut a cucumber. I don't know why they chose to put that in the show. Why she wanted to go on camera with that. She knew that. And her mom knew that watching her do it. So this is on the uh, keeping up with the Kardashians. This is on keeping up with Kardashians. Kendall okay, Jenner right. trying to cut a cucumber. If you haven't seen it, please go look it up. You don't even have to look at the video. Just look at the picture. Her hand placement. How you normally cut things, vegetables. She did the opposite of that for some reason. So wow. those are my three bullshits. I thought you, I, weren't you going to call bullshit on on bathrooms or something? Oh yeah, yeah. Didn't you have some complaint yeah, that, about that was, about that was, bathrooms at restaurants? That's that's evergreen. I had to run these because these okay, were you the can save topic. that one. Okay, yeah, good. All right, yeah. One. I'm glad you got the Kendall Jenner cutting a cucumber one in. That's important. Okay. Can, can I throw in an honorable mention bullshit, please? Tony just did three, so you can do whatever you want. <laughs> please, the Thank you. I, yeah. I, I, I wanted to do this one too, but then I chose the NFL thingy majigit. Um, I call bullshit on the age old saying that. If you can huh, you can hear. Irks my soul. It's always irked my soul. Every time I hear somebody say, if you can hunt, you can hear, it's like, what? Like, I don't know who started that, where it came from, but it it, it really bothers me. And I call bullshit because I I didn't hear you. So you said something. I didn't hear you, so I said, huh. If you can hunt, you can hear. Why? Why is it that I can if I can utter the phrase, huh? Then I heard what you said. It, it's always I obviously me. didn't. I obviously didn't. All, that's that's for all the moms and grandmas out there that used to yep. yell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't heard that one, but actually, I kind of like it. I think I might start saying that to my kids. <laughs> See, he's this, this, get hurt. Yeah, this has had the opposite of uh, the effect you intended her. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> I call bullshit. Is brought to you by Sheets and Giggles. You can go to sheetsgiggles.com slash s. A and get $23 off your order of the softest, most comfortable sheets and comforters and duvets and everything else that you're going to find. Sheetsgiggles.com slash SA.
Russ, would you like to hear the news we didn't get to today? Yes, sir. Well, the All-NBA First Team has been announced, and uh, I'm sure Tony's going to be upset with this because he just inevitably is with everything they decide. But uh, the five-man All-NBA First Team is Giannis, Jokic, Doncic, Tatum, and Booker. Objections. Anyone? Everyone's happy with this. I'd go Ja over Booker, but other than that, I'm okay with it. Ja just didn't play enough. I still think he was the more dominant player, but it's it's whatever. I don't I don't I don't care. I blame doesn't, jo- doesn't Joel Embiid have to be in here? How is he not in the? Oh, you gonna have him, the guy who finished second in MVP, be first over the guy that won the MVP? That's that like would be my only argument. Like, unless they is a rule about having two centers in there. Like that I don't know what I don't know exactly how they do this, but I'd put him in over Giannis if I had to. But if we're going positionless, I'd put him in over Luke. I'd put him in over everybody but Jokic, pretty much. I think on merit. Yeah, I think I think Joel Embiid has to be in there too. I think if they were the top two candidates in the MVP, then they should both be first team. I don't care if you got five centers in there. Like, you take the five best seasons. You know what I mean? And I think that Joel Embiid has to certainly had one of the five best seasons in the National Basketball Association. That being said, I blame the Dream Team for all of this. Well, why is that? They expanded the game globally. Now, four of the okay. F- all right, okay. I'm not doing <laughs> good. This good, good, good exit there. Herb. I'm yeah. not doing this. See what you heard? <laughs> man said, I mean, Giannis, Noel, all of them. This man said they expanded the game globally, so it's their fault. That- <laughs> now, Giannis and Joel and Doncic and Jokic are okay. Cool, fine. Thanks, Jordan. Barkley. Magic. Bird. Appreciate it. Davis Hearn. Chuck Daly. Okay. Talking about Chuck Daly. <laughs> Nike. Um, in, in the NBA playoffs, uh, Golden State is up 3-1 on Dallas. That series is just a matter of time at this point. Dallas won game four to keep it alive. But uh, Curry coming into this game for the playoffs has been 27 points per game, 46% field goals, 38% on threes, looking really, really good at 33. I think that their story of how they've found this again is really amazing. And I think this has been downplayed, but usually when it falls apart, usually when it dissolves, it does not come back. I mean, you saw this team lose the finals to Toronto, lose Clay Thompson, and then they were bad and then they were just okay. I mean, two years went by where they were not any, anything near a contender, and they're right back there on the brink of the finals. They they still have, and they've done it with the main guys. This would be like Russ if the, if the Blackhawks had uh, gotten it together again with the same guys. Like it just it just wasn't going to happen. It once it starts going downhill with players of that age, it keeps going that way. But those three guys, Curry, Thompson, and Green, are all still really good in their thirties. And now they've kind of replenished it on the back end here with Poole, Wiggins. Tony, what do you make of uh, of Wiggins, of Andrew Wiggins, his career at this point? He was the number one pick, number one overall pick back in 2014, widely viewed as not a bust, but a, but a disappointment, an underachiever. If you look at his career as a whole now, given what he's done in Golden State, how do you view him? Uh, that Golden State won that trade handsomely. For D'Angelo Russell. Um, they got the picks. 
and and they said he has the gifts he needs to be here and we will fix everything and they fixed everything like the teams always think that about somebody but, in any sport and a lot of times they're wrong but golden state got the secret sauce they drafted well they develop well they actually put into practice what other teams wish that they they could accomplish um and andrew has certainly saved his career in part like he's in my estimation he's about to be an nba champion when people had certainly gave up on him as a contributor to anything significant so he was an all-star this year yeah, he's a starter an all-star starter mm-hmm. like that's wild that Andrew yeah. has come so far. You can say you look back at his career in Minnesota, and it's like he's averaged more points. Was the focus of an offense, but he's he's never played better basketball than he's playing right now. Mm-hmm. And Tony's right; they, they unlock something in Golden State, and it's one of those situations where you look at a guy's situation. What he had in Minnesota at the time was not good. Now, they've kind of turned things around. They've just hired a new president of basketball ops. But when he was there, when it was him and Zach and Kat, that wasn't the right. It just didn't work for a lot of reasons. Yeah, no right? most of those guys are, yeah, most of those guys are gone except for Kat. Um, but you, you get in the right situation with the right fit, with the right teammates, and it does something for you. And he's doing things defensively that people saw when he was at Kansas. Like, okay, that's going to be a dude. Like, he's making shots off the dribble. The putback, I mean, the dunk he had on Luka mm-hmm. and then the subsequent putback like this. Yeah. He looks rejuvenated. Yeah, I think I think good teams have that luxury, right? To to kind of look around and find that piece that we're missing that's going to help us. And they don't have to come in here. They don't have to average 30 and 10. They don't have to do none of that. Here's what the thing we need you to do. We know you can do that. Come do that. And other teams may be like, we can't, we don't want to deal with that. We can't. He's not what we need. And that's fine, right? The Bulls brought in Dennis Robin when most of the league was like, we're not touching that dude. We're done. But the Bulls, like, we have everything else in place except this. You do that. So just come here and do that. And I think that that's kind of what the Warriors have found. They've got shooters all around. They've got their system in place. They play, you know, team defense. They needed a guy who could slash, finish at the rim, defend 90 feet. And they got that guy. And he's he, he's accepted his role to his credit. And he's excelled in it. And he continues to flourish. So shout out to him for kind of, you know, redefining himself and rejuvenating his career and ultimately becoming um, some version of the player that people thought he was. When you get drafted number one, everybody expects you to be, you know, franchise guy for a decade plus, and that wasn't going to happen for him in Minnesota. But now it seems like he could play for another 10 years at a really, really high level. So shout out to him and shout out to the Warriors. He, he could actually maybe play another 10 years or because he's in his eighth season, but he's only 26. Mm-hmm. Um, Whenever the Warriors win this series, and Game 5 is Thursday night, by the way, in San Francisco, eventually they're going to win this series. And when they do, that will put them in the finals for the sixth time in eight years under Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr has the fourth-best winning percentage ever in the regular season as a coach and the number-one winning percentage in the playoffs of all time. Never forget that he almost went to the Knicks. Mm. And uh, he got that job because uh, Stan Van Gundy turned down that job to work for the Pistons. Yeah. Man. Things feel like Mark Jackson away sometimes. shouldn't have been fired, but that's another story. What? Mark Jackson? I think he, he built that team. And then they was like, yeah. thanks for building it. Get out. 
I mean, that look at that's what happened. Some people only get you to, from A to B. Yeah, and you need that coach to take you from B to C. Team. Herb, that's mm-hmm. like if I if I built an airplane and then like used it as a storage shed in my backyard. <laughs> like you got to bring in a pilot. You got to bring someone that knows how to work that airplane, man. Oh man, there's a reason why he has to get hired, bro. <laughs> there are other reasons as well, but also as soon as they brought in somebody else, that team became awesome. He was started David uh, Lee, the Renteria of Golden State. Yes. <laughs> While we're talking about uh, Mark Jackson, LeBron, can we agree that LeBron should have knocked his head off when he told on a national broadcast in the finals that he would knock his wife out the park? Come again, say what? When was he that? Said, this was a, oh. the, Cavs, the Cavs were playing the Warriors in the finals. He said he would hit Savannah out the park respectfully, uh, with all due respect. LeBron should have knocked that man's head off his shoulders. Oh. Wow. That is, that's a lot. It's the thing that Mark Jackson is most famous for now. I never heard that. That's uh that's like if you're lustfully looking at somebody's picture on Twitter, like there's always a picture of Mark Jackson in the com- uh, in the comments and in the replies because it's like, uh, with all due respect, I knock you out the park. So I like, knock her out the park. I hit he her out said the park? he would knock her out the park with all due respect. LeBron should have spun the block on that man. That's, that's creepy too. That reminds me of like Brent Musburger talking about uh, the Alabama quarterback's girlfriend during the yeah, because he's at yeah. least old enough to be LeBron and Savannah's like Come way on. older brother, father. Yeah, like yeah, that's old. Russ, Russ, thank you for bringing this to my attention. No worries. I I, I thought you guys were aware, but I'm glad I could uh, no. bring some light on that. In fact, I'm going to count that as a news item and skip this college basketball one that I have. All right. Uh, a wild, wild story, Russ, at the Newark airport. Former Broncos cornerback Brendan Langley brawled with a United Airlines employee. Uh, they traded slaps, punches, multiple outlets, multiple media outlets reports that the altercation started with the United Airlines employee confronting Langley uh, for using a wheelchair as a luggage cart instead of renting one for $5, which, by the way, that's a total Tony move, right? Tony, 100%, you're going to do that to save the 5 bucks. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah. This guy wanted to assert himself and get involved in this, which... As the leader of the car. Probably not really. Yes. And uh, and they got into quite a fight. And Russ, I asked you to uh, check out the video. We normally we'd play a clip like this during the show, but there's the audio doesn't really do any good. I don't think. Yeah. I, asked you to, I, asked I can you to play the audio. Me. There were some key pieces in the audio. Audio was really good, Tony. Yeah, don't uh, just don't downplay it. Not much. It's like a minute long clip, and there's only a couple little parts of it. I, I don't know if playing the audio works that well on a on a podcast, but. When I asked you to please watch it, you know, so we could do an analysis on it, uh, you informed me that you'd already watched it 20 times. Correct. Correct. Um, A couple things. You have the guy provoking uh, Mr. Langley, slapping him, but it was like a slap mush. He didn't really he didn't really commit to one or the other. The problem was. Then Mr. Langley said, all right, I have time today. I'm going to catch my flight and I'm going to let you know about yourself. So then gives him the one hitter quitter. Bro falls back, almost falls onto the luggage 
um, beltway that takes you I to the back so that, you get yeah. on the plane. That would have been hilarious if he got knocked onto hilarious. the beltway. Falls down, knocking luggage over. He gets up, face is half bleeding, right? Half of his face bloodied up. The dude is stumbling and bumbling over to Langley again, to which Langley replies, you want more? He wants more. <laughs> like, the, the audio is key there, Jason. It's pretty good. Yeah, but you got to listen to like a whole minute to get that two-second clip. Yes. When he right. almost falls backwards over whatever that is, and then I think another time Langley hits him and he does. It reminded me of like a yeah. video game. A video game, like you do a move on like the end boss of that level and you finish like, him. Oh, it almost worked. Yes. It's like, okay, that's that's what I need to do is get him over by the luggage cart and knock him over. Uh, the, the United Airlines guy seemed very confident and also very bad at fighting. Not a good combination. Terrible combination. You walk up, you slap this dude, and there is a longer video that kind of shows that it started just before the main video that we saw, but not a whole lot happened. And he does walk up, he slaps him, and when he slaps him, Langley goes, Y'all saw that, right? Y'all saw him just come over here and slap me. And then he two pieced him. One, knocked him back. Two, knocked him almost onto the beltway. Dude gets up. Face wide open, walks up like you want to do this again. And Langley steps back like, your face is leaking. You want more of this? And at some point, somebody off camera is like appealing to Langley like to like, like not do it, like stop. Like he's like, I didn't, I didn't do nothing. He's like, you better come get him before he dies today. And like, um, listen, I don't know, I don't know what else you want me to do. First of all, you take your job too serious, sir. Okay. Stand back there, check people into their flights, do your job. Very important job. We appreciate you. Do your thing, right? What we don't need you to do is come from behind the counter to address me about a wheelchair. Sir, they aren't going to give you a raise for this. No. Real job, go home. You do not have to get beat up today. That is that's not necessary at all. Right? You chose it, you got it. Congratulations. Now you got Kirby. beat up and fired. Yeah, he was very confident, uh, not only in his fighting skills incorrectly, but also uh, incorrectly very confident that this was going to be okay with United Airlines because uh, he's been fired. We don't have all the information on this probably by the time you hear it on Tuesday morning, but as of, I mean, on Thursday morning, but as of right now, Tuesday night, uh, Brendan Langley has been charged with simple assault, but his attorney is saying that uh, the United Airlines employee uh, was not provoked in any way when he started this, where the, the United Airlines employee accosted him and that Langley himself is the victim. Uh, my favorite thing that Langley has said about this all was uh, he tweeted at United that, quote, this was the worst customer service experience of his life. <laughs> so, Listen, it's, the, it's the airport. There'll be plenty of footage of this. They'll know exactly what happened first, who did what. The point is, like, the fact that you're behind, that the fact that you're on the front side of the counter You've gone too far. If Lang, if this if this confrontation happened on the other side of the counter, right. then Langley's in the wrong. You are on this side when you have no business over here, sir. Mind I, your business. I agree. Or call I agree. security. You that upset about this wheelchair? Call security. They pay call people someone who's call someone right. whose job it is. Yes. Look, don't don't use a wheelchair. Don't use a wheelchair to cart your luggage around. That's that's not cool. Like somebody probably needs it. Those should be available for anyone that needs them. But if you're United Airlines employee, you know, number six or whoever this guy is, it's not your job. Right. I mean, you're going to go start making citizens arrests when you leave this place because you don't, this really isn't part of your uh, jurisdiction, I don't think. These are people who have no control in any other aspect of their lives. 
not at home, not in their relationship, nowhere else. And so they come to work like, hey, don't you do that. And it's like, sir, relax. I like the idea, though, of uh, I like the idea of tweeting United Airlines about this as a customer service complaint. Because I picture all the other complaints United Airlines is getting on Twitter, and it's like, hey, my flight was late. Hey, they lost my bag. Hey, it had a scuff on it. Hey, I don't like your baggage fees. Uh, hey, one of your employees tried to slap me to death. <laughs> I think they pay attention to that one. Worst customer service experience of Brendan Langley's life. Probably. And finally, Russ and Herb. Uh, we, Russ, we would need a whole other episode just to cover all the animal news that happened this week. In fact, we oh. could, if you'd like to. No, 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 no. Let's uh, be brief. What episode is this? Is this number 64? 64. We could do like a 64 and a half that's just covering the animal news. No, I think that's okay. In California alone this week, you have a bull. This is in Redding, California. A bull escaped a rodeo and injured six people. I like how it's like the bull's the bad guy for escaping, being part of this rodeo show. Uh, in Palm Springs, a chihuahua survived and is expected to survive, uh, you know, pending like additional medical care, getting shot through the neck with an arrow, like a bow and arrow in Napa. They've got jumping worms. These are look like regular worms, but they leap a, a foot into the air and they're described as having quote, a voracious appetite and being quote, extremely active. Tony. Like extremely no, active. That, that doesn't work. And then, Russ, from the north, like this is happening in Washington, but who knows where this is going to go. We've got murder hornets repopulating. But Yikes. With, with all of that on the board, on, on the wheel of uh, animal news in California, we go to a story of dog heroism in Big Bar, which is in far northern California. This is reported by the Sacramento Bee on Monday that... 24-year-old woman, Erin Wilson, took her dog for a walk uh, by the Trin- along the Trinity River up there and was attacked by a mountain lion. And when I say attacked, this mountain lion got close enough and was serious enough that it clawed through her clothing and scratched her, like, on her arm. Well, while this is happening, the, the, the mountain lion, after that initial swipe, is, like, coiling, getting ready to attack, like, full-on attack this woman. Her dog, her 55-pound uh, Belgian Malinois, I think it's pronounced. I'm, I'm not really in, uh, up on all the dog breeds. Uh, Eva jumps in and takes on the fight to protect her owner. Way, oh, way outmanned. Way outmanned by the mountain lion. Uh, the mountain lion gets its claws, or its, its mouth, I'm sorry, like around the dog's head and is like, got him clamped on the dog's head. So then, and now this is where Aaron Wilson, the person, Gets involved. Aaron Wilson, it's listed in the uh, story, by the way. 115 pounds. pounds. 115 pounds. So also outmanned, I think, in this fight. Yes. Uh, She starts, like, punching and trying to gouge out the eyes of this mountain lion to save her dog. And it's not working. It's not letting go of her dog. So she runs back to her car to get a tire iron that she's going to come try to beat this mountain lion with. While doing that, catches a passerby someone else like in their truck or there to hike or whatever and says, come help me, which I don't know if the person had all the information before they agreed to come fight a mountain lion. I think if you come to me and say, Hey, come help me fight a mountain lion. I'm going to be like, sorry, 
Uh, I hope that works out for you, but God bless. Yeah, have a thing yeah, because clearly you're safe. We don't have to go back to the fight that mountain line. We just but but this woman has pepper spray, and that ends up being very helpful. So these two women with a tire iron, tire iron. I don't know why I can't say that. A tire iron and pepper spray fight off this mountain lion. The dog Eva is badly injured in this. Uh, she's got two skull fractures, a punctured sinus cavity and damage to the left eye, but she is in stable condition and possibly going to survive. The owners are optimistic that she's going to survive, and uh, her reward for this incredible act of heroism is going to be some extra stuffed animals to chew on and a steak dinner. If she stays alive. She's got to make it, but they were very optimistic after some medical care that that Eva was going to make it, and uh, that's a good dog, man. A dog that's gonna gonna get involved, get between you and a mountain lion. That's a good dog. Their uh, memory would be, uh, you know, a fond one. Because uh, if somebody asks me for help, the extent of my help, be like, hey, hey, get out of here, lion! <laughs> get, get on out of here! Get. Shout out! Shout out to Eva! Shout out to the dog um, for showing up for her owner. And, and and standing in that space, I salute it. I appreciate it. Now the dog owner running up and eye gouging the mountain lion, and then leaving, recruiting somebody else to join this fight. That's a lot. That's a lot, right? And I re- I really think I you know I feel bad for the mountain lion in this story. What? This is taking a turn. I feel bad for the mountain lion in this story. Okay. You're the only one. Eva, too. You know, you're on an island with this one. That's cool. I feel feel bad for Eva, too. But I also feel bad for the mountain lion. Because what was I doing? Roaming my Minding my business. But y'all like, oh, wouldn't it be cool to plot a little trail right through the mountain lion's crib? Yeah, that'd be cool until the mountain lion is home. I mean, we got to live somewhere, Herb. Like, where are we supposed to go? The mountain lion wasn't in their living room. They were in the mountain lion's living room. Uh, He's not wrong. Can I can I say something here? All right. So, um, I think we've talked off mic, maybe a little bit on mic, about how I feel about uh dogs. But here's my thing. That's a uh, heroic dog trying to save its owner. No, I, I get it. I don't, I don't want to get canceled. Dogs aren't black people. You can't get away with winning saying anything. I know. Oh, I, oh, I know, Herb. That's just part of the problem. Um, okay. I might. I'd, I'd get a, a Eva tattoo, right to to memorialize my dog. Oh, after Eva. Right, I'd do that. But like, am I gonna risk my own life for my dog, who's probably lived a long time and was gonna go be with the Lord at some point over the next? Couple years anyway. They've put dogs down for less than. That's what I'm like. I, I didn't even know dogs had chemo till a friend told me a couple weeks ago. Like, listen, man. Well, this is a little different than that. I think if the dog saved your life, you'd be all about, you know, the, whatever medical care can they can do to try to save this dog. I get it. You're going down. If it's you against a mountain lion, man, you're going down. And this woman, this woman, this 24 year old woman, jumped on the mountain lion instinctively. This was her first reaction and started punching it and trying to gouge out its eyeballs and choking it. 
and got kicked off by the back legs before then she ran up to her truck. R.I.P. Eva right here on the inner bicep. Tone, I know you're not jumping in because we, we wouldn't oh, no. make a trade for you for the dog. We, we, we wouldn't do oh, that, no. right? Oh, oh, come on now. No. What, was this person... Um, of yes, the- Tony. We know. Oh, we already know. Why would you ask? That's the question. On, Come on, Tony. Of course. Mm. Yeah, Come they're, on, they're, Tony. They're a fighter. Come on, man. Won't fight their local government. Oh my goodness! I'm not doing this. Um, <laughs> we like to th- we like to thank our main man, Herb Howard, for joining the fellows on this episode of Sports Adjacent. Herb, you always have a, a open seat on the pod. We appreciate you joining us. It is always way more fun than it should be. <laughs> uh, I appreciate y'all. I am a fan of y'all's work individually and collectively. It is an absolute honor and pleasure. Anytime y'all invite me to hang out with y'all, thank y'all so very, very much. Truly enjoyed it. Absolutely. Absolutely. We uh, we enjoy having you, sir. Um, don't forget our bet now. Now, I've made this What's bet the that the uh, the Lions will be better than the Bears this season, and that if they are not, I will take the the three of y'all on to dinner. And uh, oh yeah, listen, I made, not, lot, y'all I made a lot of bets today. That's the only yeah, one I'm confident in. You should. Herb, Herb spent all of Tuesday making very reckless Bears related bets. This might be his most reckless. You're not going to remember them all. No, I'm gonna remember this one. So what happens if they split? Uh, then it's a push. Then no, we just go to dinner and we all they're pay. Not boring, they're they're not margin. better than the boring Bears. Margin. Okay, cool, 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 cool. I think I think if they split, Russ loses. Yeah, because he's adamant that they got such a better roster than the Bears, isn't he? They, the Bears have uh, Justin they split, Fields. They're technically not better. My dad, Tony, and me. I'm gonna catch at least sixty passes. I might catch more than Daz Newsom. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get at least 41 to do that. Right. Shout out to my guy, Daz Newsom. Um, Sports Jason, as always, is sponsored by Sheets and Giggles. To get the softest sheets you've ever had, log on to sheetsgiggles.com slash SA to get $23 off your next purchase at sheetsgiggles.com. That's sheetsgiggles.com. Slash S.A. Herb said he's going to get him some sheets. Me, Tony, Jason got some sheets. I just ordered an, another set. Of she- I love my sheets so much. I went and got another set. The uh, the French blue stripe got some extra pillowcases. You know what I mean? So uh, very excited about this partnership with Sheets and Giggles. Help our friends out over there. They've been very good to us. And so we want you guys to be very good to them as well. Jason, Tony, anything before we let the people go? Tony, you you are the self-proclaimed littest producer in the game. Are you also the littest lies? But okay, p- pitch man in the game. Can you give us one? I'll give him that one. Sheets and giggles endorsements. Oh yeah, um, sheets and giggles, man. You heard Russ say he got another one. <laughs> you 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 always react like you're just like, oh, just thought of it. Oh oh yeah. Well, that's right. The sponsor of the show. Oh yeah. <laughs> Look. If you're trying to be, if if you're trying to take dudes' wives, cheats and giggles. If you're trying to be Drake, cheats and giggles. If you if, if you want to be able to just walk out to the the high rise in your in 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 your life, and you go spread eagle, confidently in the world, get you some cheats and giggles. 
What does what does that any of that have to do with bed sheets? It will make you more confident in waking up with your body. Um, these get worse as the weeks go on, Tony. So we're gonna have to go back to the drawing board. Uh, make sure you're downloading the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you find your audio content. Make sure you are watching the clips online, retweeting, sharing them with your friends. Uh, make sure you're listening to all the quality content at House of L. And with that, we will catch you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Sports Adjacent with Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey. Be sure to download, subscribe, and give the podcast five stars. You can check out the latest episode of Sports Adjacent on all digital streaming platforms. I'm very much adjacent. For a couple hours, I thought I was hood. But then all that happened, I was like, you know what, James? You adjacent to the mother. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.